0: You know, a lot of times it is Christ in us, the beautiful work that God does in our lives, the yieldedness, the surrenderedness that is within us as we desire to walk with him that draws people to Jesus. So as bees are drawn to honey, when people see Jesus in us, we're not perfect. I can tell you that I'm far from perfect. I'll be the first to raise my hands. Like Paul says, he was the greatest of sinners. I will raise my hands too. Really. I mean it with all my heart. But We wanna become like Jesus, that's the important thing. Like bees that are drawn to honey, we want to be that honey. Hello, and welcome to the FBC Sermon Podcast. Today's sermon is entitled, Our Prayer and Response by Lily So, and was based on Matthew 6, 9 through 13. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Good morning, church. Thank you, Nate, for reading the scriptures. Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 to 13. A lot of us know it and call it the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? So when we say, hey, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together and we know what it is. But actually, it is not really the Lord's Prayer. So the word the Lord's Prayer is actually not in the Bible. It's put in there by theologians, commentators, uh, translators of different Bibles to make it easier for us with the subheadings. It is actually the Disciples Prayer jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray we all need to learn how to pray at that time the disciples also needed to learn how to pray now just before the lord showed the disciples how to pray the lord told the disciples in verse 7 to not be like the pagans they babble so we all know what babbling is, right? Somebody who has a lot of words, just a lot of words, but they don't really have a lot of meaning or they don't real it's not significant, it doesn't really make a lot of sense in that sense. But the pagans, Jesus says, they're they think they're heard because of their many words. So what 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 the Lord was telling us and telling the disciples is don't just utter the prayer like rote prayer, like we do rote learning. So don't utter it like rote prayer. Don't just babble. Prayer is a relationship with the Lord, prayer is a communion with our God. And prayer is also our response it is to be lived out, to be actualized. Today in my message I would like to focus on verses 10 to 13. But before we do that, the prayer in verse 9, it starts with our Father. Our Father who art in heaven. Now the Jews held God in high, in the highest esteem as Yahweh, the I am that I am. The intimate use of this term Father was uh, practically practically inconceivable in the first sanctuary the jews did not have a relationship with god in an intimate way like a daddy like a father would with a child they knew god as god the almighty but not as father but when jesus came he showed that god's intention is not just to be god but he wants to have a loving and intimate relationship with his children now with this as the foundation let us look at matthew 6 10 to 13. when we pray this prayer we know that god is the one to sovereignly work he's the one at work but he also chooses to use us as instruments Instruments to do His will, instruments to be his salt and to be his light in the community around us, in an area where we work, in a the, in the, uh, place where we work, in the place where we live, with our friends, with our family. He wants us to be the salt and the light as well. But to know that we start this prayer with our Father in heaven, we know that God loves us so much. He loves us. He cares for us. He knows our needs. He wants to minister to us and he wants to provide. And he's there for us. So as we look at verses 10 to 13, verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord Jesus taught us to pray this way. So God desires to work in our personal lives. To grow and to become conformed to His image, so so this prayer that we pray can be really very broad. Lord, Your will be done on earth, in America, in Africa, in different parts of the world. But it's also today I I would like to kind of slant it and focus uh, because of time constraint. God's will be done in our personal lives. To grow, to be conformed to His image to become more like Jesus. So the question we want to ask ourselves today is, what are the weaknesses in my life? What is God wanting to do in me? For example, I like to give examples why, because sometimes when we just learn a principle, we kind of know it here, but we don't know how to live it out, or we don't know how to actualize it so for example we can be praying to the lord in our personal prayer time and we worship him and we tell him how much we love him and lord i want to be like you i want to do your will and i love you lord yet after prayer after we uh, come out from prayer time with god and then your wife says or your spouse for your husband for the matter says something to upset you irritate you and then You're like, what? Or somebody just upset you. You say some unkind and some harsh words. And you just shoot it off. And you just let it out. And we just came out from prayer. We just told God, God, I love you. I want to be like you. I worship you. Would you make me more like you? I want to do your will. So... Can we see that our prayers and our actions and our behavior, they don't add up in that sense? How does God want me to relate to my friend, to my colleague, to my supervisor, to my spouse? I remember in the 1980s, in 1990s, there was a really popular phrase, WWJD. Who remembered that? see a lot of hands raised up so you we know how old we are but I hope the younger generation knows that too so WWJD stands for that's right what would Jesus do so I remember in the 90s it was so popular we would like buy uh, we would purchase wristbands with WWJD and we would wear it why because a lot of times our memories are so short when things happen we kind of react in a flesh uh, in a flesh flesh f-l-e-s-h but we also react in a flash (laughs) f-l-a-s-h isn't it so this wristband was to remind us hey stop how would you what would jesus say how would jesus respond in this situation and kind of stop ourselves wwjd what would jesus do so we want to ask ourselves a question. What is, how does God want me to treat my spouse? How does God want me to relate to my friend, my colleague, my supervisor? Should I just give in to how I feel and be curt and unkind with my words or my behavior? What would Jesus do? You know, a lot of times it is Christ in us. The beautiful work that God does in our lives the yieldedness the surrenderedness that is within us as we desire to walk with him that draws people to jesus so as bees are drawn to honey when people see jesus in us we're not perfect i can tell you that i'm far from perfect i'll be the first to raise my hands like paul says he was the greatest of sinners i would raise my hands too really i mean it with all my heart but we want to become like jesus that's the important thing and uh, like bees that are drawn to honey we want to be that honey and uh, i remember like uh, was it like a few months ago we had a water baptism there was this uh member um that's part of the chinese uh ministry she testified that one of the reasons she was drawn to the lord she was drawn and want to become a christian was because when she started work in a i think was it a multinational corporation she had a colleague That was very different in the country where she lived you know the it's a very professional financial hub and people are professional people are looking out for themselves but there was just one colleague and one supervisor who was very different she was always looking out for for this uh, for this uh, girl uh, this lady and uh, she would teach her everything she knew and she would say hey look out for this do this Uh, this is the way to do it hey no problem yeah let's go for lunch and all that and, she, and the supervisor was totally secure. She was not afraid to teach her everything that she knew and made sure that she excelled in her job. And she said, in my culture and all that, it was almost like unusual, unusual for somebody to do that. And then one day she found out she was a Christian. And she was so impressed. This God that you believe in, I want to know him. Who is he? I want to know him. So when when we pray this prayer and we live it out, my Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not just in this world, but in my life, in, in the areas of my life, in my character. Christ in us is what draws people to Jesus. So questions we want to ask, Lord, what are the areas in my life that needs help? What are the weaknesses in my life? Lord, what are you do- wanting to do with me? I want to change. I want to be like you. I want to be transformed. And Matthew 6, goes on to say, Give us this day our daily bread. Now, we all need daily bread. Some of us eat five meals a day, isn't it? And stay as slim as you are. Some of us try to just eat one or two meals because it's like the air we breathe makes us put on weight God knows we need we need food we, we have daily needs there are things in our lives that we need and God says hey Lord you can pray this prayer Lord give us this day our daily bread the American Standard Version of, of Proverbs chapter 30 verse 8 say, verse 8 says feed me with the food that is needful for me. Lord, feed me with a food that is needful for me. Interesting, right? It's phrased this way. Sometimes when it's it's phrased in a different way, it's the same substance, it's the same meaning, but we understand it better. Feed me with a food that is needful for me. So besides physical food, what food do I need for my mental health? For my emotional well-being for my spiritual health that I can grow and become a disciple of Christ we just don't want to say hey I'm a Christian I'm a Christian we don't just want to be a Christian we want to be a disciple a disciple is one who follows after the Lord Lord what are you saying I want to follow you Lord what are you doing I want to do what you do So what do we need for our daily, daily uh, food, for our mental capacities, our emotional, our spiritual being? Ask of the Lord. Do you need emotional strength today? Sometimes when things happen, like unforeseen circumstances, you don't plan for sickness, you don't plan for problems or whatever, and then it just comes at you and you're facing it. Suddenly your knees go weak or emotional it's like oh my gosh Lord what, what, oh what can I do ask God give me this day my daily bread of emotional strength I need you to strengthen my mind right now and strengthen my heart ask God for this daily bread or do you need bonus in place of timidity some of us, when we grew up, grow up, we all have our different stories, you know, and we grow up uh, in different circumstances. And some of us grow up in circumstances where they, that made us really very timid. And because maybe we were bullied in high school or in elementary school, or there was just strong characters in our family, and then we, we become very timid. We cower in the in face of different uh, stronger people or situations, and we become really fearful and timid. Do you need boldness today? God is here to change our lives. That's the reason why we follow and we, we are his disciples. He wants to give us abundant life in every way. Yeah, it is a journey. It is a journey, but God is he- Jesus came so that we can have this new life. So today do you need boldness in place of timidity? Is that your daily bread? Say God give me the give me my daily bread today of boldness of emotional strength. Is there a need for calm? Peace? Faith in God in the face of anxiety, fear, shame, and condemnation? Do we have a need today? So ask God. God, I need my daily bread. Thank you for providing me. I had breakfast today, at lunch, or at dinner. As I go to bed, I, I, I think about this that's happening and that that's happening. God, give me my daily bread of peace, of calm. I need it. I want to encourage all of us that we don't just pray that god you help me you help me and you deliver me from timidity fear anxiety shame and condemnation i want to i want to encourage all all of us that when we pray this way but when we get out when we get out of the prayer closet of that communion with god to to face our daily lives that i want to encourage all of us to live the way we prayed Now these emotions will keep coming at us. These fleshly dispositions will keep coming at us. But we not only pray for God to remove these things from our lives, but we wanna choose to live out the calm, the peace, the boldness and the strength by faith because we serve a Father who loves us and we live it out in practical ways. You know, recently I had a conversation with a very successful clinical psychologist. She's successful, she gives presentations and talks in different uh, conferences and all that. And she shared with me that every time after every successful presentation at conferences, she would return home and wondered what the audience thought about her presentation. And she would be hit with anxiety, shame, and condemnation. I was a little surprised because she's very accomplished and, and sought after. But I said, why shame? Why condemnation? It's like, maybe I didn't do well enough. It's so shameful. I just, I, I, maybe I, I babble. Maybe I messed up. So she'll be filled with anxiety, just thinking about it and feel condemned about it. It's a weird thing, but she would be faced with all of that. And she told me that one of the ways she learned to deal with these negative emotions was she would speak to it whenever, whenever. And of course, she had a story to tell. She said, my family grew up really poor, and she was homeless for a while, all kinds of stuff. Different situations would... would, uh, We become a product of our experiences. So today, she, was so, she is so successful, but because of all these different things that happened, so she would get all of these bombardment of, of, of negative feelings, thoughts, anxiety, shame, and condemnation. And she says that one of the ways she handle it, handles it will be when the feelings come, she says, oh, there it comes again. She would speak to herself, there it comes again. And then she would face it, and she would take a deep breath, deep breath, and she tells herself, it's okay. So when she i would really i really appreciated her being so honest and sharing with me her own struggles but i in my heart i didn't say it to her because she had a way of doing it she's a christian clinical psychologist but i had in my heart i told my i i, I knew i had my own way of doing it in addition to that but i thought that was good because every time some kind of these negative thoughts come into my mind i would i'm, I'm using the same method there it comes again there oh there it comes again so you're telling yourself that it's from the external it's not yourself it's not you it's not your fault it's not your problem so I speak to it hey there it comes again this unpleasant thing and then I will take a deep breath I breathe in the presence of God I breathe in the Holy Spirit I take a deep breath I breathe in the peace of God the promises of God that he's my father and I breathe out the anxiety. I breathe out the fear, the worries, the shame, the condemnation that it's not me and not from God. That's one practical way in which we can deal with it. Not just pray the prayer, but live it out. See if this is what I wanna be when I leave my prayer time with God. Now for some other people, the daily bread that we need can be developing long-suffering in place of anger and impatience. So are you a person who is easily triggered? Just a little bit, you get touchy. Just a little bit, you get upset. And then you get irritated. What kind of person are we? We all know ourselves. So what is the daily bread we need if we, if we are easily triggered and impatient? lord i need the daily bread of long suffering i need this daily bread i need it i need it pray to the lord or are you needing uh, to use kind words and kind behavior in place of sarcasm harsh and curt words and behavior oh lord i need my daily bread i need to be kind i need to watch what i say wwjd Lord, I want to do what you would would do. I want to do good. I want to be kind in my words, in my behavior. Or maybe practicing self-control instead of showing displeasure and throwing tantrums and getting emotional. I have this friend. um, We were out, uh, husband and wife and I were out, and and we were happy, and then we were hanging out uh, and all that. And I was really surprised. It was almost like an immediate turnaround. Immediate turn. We were talking and we we're happy and we we're chatting and everybody's happy. And suddenly, his face went like this, and he was and he looked really upset. He really looked this uh, so much displeasure. Then I was kind of awkward. I said, "No, what do I say next? What do I do next? Um, did I say something to offend him?" Uh, did I just do something to offend him, and i said no i didn 't say a word <laughs> Then I found out from his wife that he is pretty much an emotional person, and if there was pressure from work uh, pressure from but somebody says something that he doesn 't like or whatever whatever whatever, oh my gosh, you can see it in his face, you can see the displeasure, and then there 'll be tantrums and all that now all these Maybe one of maybe we can identify with some of these uh, things that I just mentioned, and maybe myself as well. You know. So what is the daily bread that we need? One of, the, one of the things we can do is a conscious and a regular self-examination. Now, don't do self-examination so regularly until you condemn yourself and say, "Oh my God." I'm so unworthy oh my gosh Lord I need so much daily bread oh I'm so unworthy I'm such a sinner and then you go into shame and condemnation anxiety and everything else that's not the point the Lord convicts us so that he because he loves us he wants to make us more like him he wants us to live that beautiful happy abundant life but the devil comes to condemn us so if you come to a point where you do self-examination and oh yeah I'm so stupid oh i'm so bad i just flared my temper again or whatever no 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 that's not from god but but one of the helpful ways is do self-examination lord what did what did i do wrong god what is this daily bread that i need from you living out the fullness of christ in us now what comes to mind is first corinthians chapter 13 the passage on love it says that love is patient Love is kind Love is not easily angered Love holds no records of wrong Love is not jealous Okay? In the English trans- uh, version it says love is not envious Love does not envy But actually in the Chinese it says 爱是不嫉妒 So it has a stronger word it used Because the original word actually slants towards jealousy So actually, this is actually the more accurate translation. Love is not jealous. Love is not proud. And we all need this daily bread from God. God, I need patience, I need love, I need kindness. I need to be kind, I need to do good. I need to hold no records of wrong. Uh, I remember it when I was younger. I, 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 maybe I've told the story before. When I was younger, I lived in this place where we didn't have big grocery stores and supermarkets, but we had that mom-and-pop store by the corner or something. Same thing. So there was a little shop with groceries and everything. So ma- my mom would always get groceries from there. But um, because my mom had to work, she sometimes, so, so many mouths to feed in the house, you know. Financially, she was tight. But when, uh, so the grocery store was really kind. They would they would say, hey, no problem. Just have a little notebook and come and get your groceries anytime. So we just kind of take a note, take a note. At the end of the the, the month, when you get your paycheck, you can just pay. So that's what a lot of people did. So we had this uh, little booklet that was my address, and then we would write down the things. And it's oh, you just took a can of uh, tuna 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 meat. Oh, and you oh you took that And, and. the date, the, 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 the description of the food that we take. At the end of the month, they will look at it. oh, you took this, took this, took this, and they will all add up. So when I think of love holds no records are wrong, I think of how a lot of times it's so natural, we think of, oh, five years ago he did that. Two months ago he said that hurting word to me. Oh, yeah, you know, he's doing that again. Oh yes, this, oh yes, that. You know, our brains are so amazing. We remember everything. The good stuff, sometimes you don't remember so much. But the bad stuff, oh my gosh, our, our memory is like a super, I don't know super what, but it's super. <laughs> but the Lord says, love holds no records of wrong. Wow, wow. A lot of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is about our relationship with the next person. It's not about, oh, me, Lord, yeah, I, don't, I want to be patient, Lord, I want to be kind. Yeah, we can pray all that prayer. We need to pray that prayer. It's like when we get out of that prayer closet and we face the world, live our daily lives, how do we actualize love is patient, love is kind, love is not easily angered. Love holds no records of wrong, it's not jealous, and it is not proud. Lord, give me this day my daily bread. You know, as I'm sharing with all of you today, I'm also preaching to myself. This, the content of this message was born out of a, of a prayer that I was praying to the Lord. You know, I, we would all pray to God for different needs, but, but just one day when I was praying, uh, Debbie, the house that I was, uh, who owns the house I'm living in, she has this back, uh, back porch, like a deck or something, you know, like a sun deck i would love to walk on the deck because her house faces mount skinner beautiful and there are tall pine trees and all that i would i love to go out there to pray so i'm walking and I'm talking to god about this and that and suddenly i said god give me this as my daily bread i said and i said oh yeah i need it i need it today i'm hungry spiritually to be more full to be more like jesus i said lord so i'm preaching this to myself today as well God, give me my daily bread for my emotional, mental, spiritual transformation, my character transformation. Let's be encouraged. The good news is, this is a lifelong process and journey. So don't walk out of this place thinking, that I need to be perfect, like right now, I just heard that message. I want to be perfect tomorrow. It's impossible. Only God is perfect. But it's a lifelong journey and a lifelong process. Cut ourselves on slack if we fail, if we fall. but just be very conscious, to pray this prayer, say, "Lord, help me, Lord, help me, and I want to live it out. Tell me all the different ways I can live it out, that I can be like you, that I can draw people to you. They see the beauty of Jesus in me." Matthew 6:12 to13 says. Forgive us, Lord, forgive us our debts, our trespasses, as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now the word debts or trespasses is an Aramaic term for sin or wrongdoing. Sin or wrongdoing. Verse 12 recognizes that we have done wrong. So we have done some stuff that's wrong in our lives. So we come before God and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, would you forgive me for that harsh word? Lord, would you forgive me for the impatient treatment of my spouse? Lord, would you, would you forgive me? I just did that wrong. I just told a lie out of panic. God, would you forgive me? The second part of the verse says, as we forgive others who have sinned against us. So here, this. This prayer is saying that we come before God asking God to forgive us, we must also forgive others who have sinned against against us. Some of us will say, you know, I've talked to different people, and even sometimes myself as I search my own heart, oh, no, it's not about unforgiveness, it's not that serious, oh, no, 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 it's not about unforgiveness. I was just offended, I was just upset, no, 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 I was just upset, but friends, it is the little foxes that spoil the vine. The little things that accumulate. The little offenses you accumulate. Sometimes, it's not that big deal that you get really upset with a person. Ah, oh, the first time there's a little offense, you just say, Oh no, it's a little small thing, it's a small thing. So you're able to live with it, you're bearing with it, and you're, you're okay. But the offenses accumulate. One, two, three. And then it just piles up. And guess what happens? It's, it eats into us. And causes us to become unhappy and bitter be careful of the little offenses be careful of the little irritation forgive others as we ask, as we ask God to forgive us we cannot separate our relationship with God from our relationship with other people we're not just to love the lovable but also those who are not and matthew 6 13 goes on to say lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil another way to phrase this uh, verse 13 is lord don't let me succumb to temptation protect me from the evil one don't let me fail don't let me give in lord this is my prayer i was uh, you know, as I was preparing the message and just uh, preparing uh, yesterday and all that, just to take a break. You know, I can't sit still sometimes. You need a little break. I used to study and then every five minutes reward myself by opening the fridge and see if there's a chocolate I can eat. <laughs> so yesterday I uh, was preparing and then, oh, I need a break. And then I was watching this YouTube link, uh, YouTube video of this uh, um, I used to enjoy watching these Hong Kong movies, these fighting shows, you know. Uh, Some some of them are really good. And then there's this actor. Uh, He was being interviewed by a fellow actor. And and the actor was asking, have you ever been tempted to sleep with another woman other than your wife? Oh my gosh, his reply was so honest. He says, oh, yeah. I have this thought, sometimes day day and night, he said. He was so honest, but he says, I have that thought. He said, but you know what? I would, after I have that thought, I would think to myself, who is this woman I married? When I married her, I was nothing. She was a famous actress. I was a struggling actor. I never knew I was going to make it because there's so many people, so many actors and, and wannabes in Hollywood, same thing in Hong Kong. So he was not well known and all that, but the wife was already well known and earning the big bucks. And, just, and, uh, and when I chased after her and pursued her and asked her, why did you choose me? And he, she said, because I love you. You're not successful today does not mean that you're not going to be successful tomorrow. And, and true enough, he became successful too. And he thought back. Every time he had the temptation and struggle, he thinks, he would think back and say, this is the woman I chose. This is the woman I married. This is the woman that stood by me there's a woman that is going to live with me for better or for worse till my sunset years till i pass and i choose to walk a faithful journey interesting right so sometimes guys look really or girls maybe for that matter are like look oh yeah no i'm faithful i'm faithful but he was honest he says yeah i struggle with it but the struggle with it does not mean that you're gonna put action to it Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. So this prayer, we pray, God, do not let me succumb to temptation. Deliver me from evil. So he not just, he had that struggle, but he decided what his action was going to be. So we can pray that prayer, and we, want, and we ask God, God, help me to live it out. So temptations and testings are the sins and its trials in our lives. There is a difference between God's testing, which is to prove us, to refine us, and to bring us to maturity. God allows us to go through struggle sometimes, and some situations that we go through. He allows it. Why? Toby Mac says, Toby Mac is a singer, and he's a Christian singer, and he says, sometimes it's in the storms that we find our direction. But some of us will get lost if we don't realize that God is in the storm, God is speaking, God is doing something. We can get lost but if we focus on god and pray this prayer and want to live out the the will of god in our lives we will know that hey god you allow this storm in my life you will show me the direction out of it so it's not about this kind of testing that god allows us to go through to refine us and bring us a maturity the temptation that comes from the evil one his intention is to induce us to give into our fleshly and sinful inclinations to hurt someone else to to give in to our emotions to to walk the wrong way to fall into sin and destruction so how do we live out this prayer ask God for spiritual insight and discernment that can be a daily our daily bread the prayer that we pray as well God give me insight give me spiritual discernment so that we know this word that I'm saying, this action that I, I this behavior that I am, I'm doing, am I walking in your way? Is this what Jesus would do? Or am I walking the flesh, venting out my emotions and my, emotions and my, my, my uh, tantrums? Another thing to do besides praying for spiritual insight and discernment is flee from temptation. That's what the Bible says. Flee. Flee from temptation. Don't think that you're strong enough to to. Uh, overcome and you're so strong flee run away run away don't give in to it don't feed it um as a pastor for years when i see young people dating and all that uh, i appreciate that these young people gave me the freedom to do dating counseling so i would do dating counseling with them it was oh, pastor i'm interested in this person whatever and we would do dating counseling so it's not just pre-marital counseling and marital counseling but dating counseling so one of the things i told them is hey you know don't go date in the dark if you don't think you can be strong and stay pure don't date in your bedrooms if you think you're going to succumb to sexual temptation so i was honest and a lot of them who were really open and said okay yeah i think i think yeah i think we're weak we can't we can't handle that and uh, so they flee they said yeah i'm i i'm gonna keep it honorable i'm gonna keep the marriage bed honorable and friends when we honor god god honors us he honors you and you will see it in your life and when our hearts are open to the lord he will enable us to become increasingly sensitive to his leading in our lives you know what as i close i want to share with us genesis chapter 4 verse chapter 4 verse 7 to 9. it is a story about cain How he was jealous and how, uh, you know, he was upset because God didn't accept his offering. So God told him, and this is a general principle that can apply to all of us. God says, sin is crouching at your door. There was a very famous uh, movie, still also made in Hong Kong, but it was international. I think it came to America, Crouching Tiger Hidden, whatever, what was it? Huh? Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. I don't know if any of you watched that. It was an international success, but here it reminds me: sin is crouching at the door. So just think of sin as uh, personified. It's like uh, like an lion, like an animal, just crouching. Can Can you imagine? Somebody's crouching means the person is on alert. The person is going to pounce on you, or the animal is going to pounce on you at the split second that you are not aware so sin is crouching at the door ready to control ready to manipulate ready to swallow us up and God told Cain you must rule over it rule over that emotion rule over that impatience rule over that evil thought rule over that temptation rule over that sin rule over that fleshly inclination you must take control of it don't let it rule over you Lord, do not let me succumb to temptation. But here, we need to live it out. It is crouching, waiting for us. Rule over it. That's what the Lord told, Cain, And that's what we can do. As I conclude today, I want to encourage all of us to pray the prayer that God, Jesus gave the disciples and to live it out. Live it out. Actualize it. What you pray in the closet, you be that person. Why? We have an eschatological hope. You know what's eschatological? It means, it's talking about a future. The time to come. Because this world will come to an end. We have a living hope in Jesus Christ. When we say the kingdom of God has come through Jesus Christ, but yet it does not end here. It is not the end. Jesus is coming back again at the end of time to bring us to rule and reign with him in all his power and in all his glory forever. So we are a people with hope. We serve a living savior. And what God tells us to do today, it's for our benefit so that we be blessed as we live in this earth, as we, we are blessed as we, in our relationship with one another. But also there is a living hope waiting for us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in learning more about what we do here at FBC, please visit our website, fbcamherst.org. Also, consider subscribing to this podcast so you can get a notification when our weekly sermons are posted. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a great day.